Listener Production. Before we jump into the show today, we want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. And we pay our respects to the elders past and present and any Aboriginal elders who may be on country today. Okay, so here we are. We've told you about some bombs. Here's uh, it just sounds like we bomb every gig. <laughs> it's so oh, there's plenty more than this too. Hello, <laughs> listeners. We've uh, we're back here. We're back in the sack. You know, we left you hanging on that last step with uh, our gigs where we bombed. We had a top ten list. There's definitely more than ten, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> we shared five with you previously. We're going to continue on. And we're going to tell you some more tales of us putting on a really shit show for the people. <laughs> so It's never our intention. We, we are there to deliver. And one thing I will say is, for the record, we've never missed a gig. Still to this day, we have never missed a gig. That's so. very impressive. Well, I feel like Didn't you Didn't we haven't... miss one in Phoenix or something? There's one gig in America where we had to like, oh, we were going to get a private jet or something. That's right, San Diego. There was we a miss big it? festival in San Diego that we missed. That's the only gig, though. But that was out of our control. I feel like you've made up for missing gigs by just missing a lot of flights. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, getting, that's such an evil getting kicked off flights. <laughs> <laughs> missing flights and getting kicked off flights. Oh, fuck. That can be another episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out, Virgin. Yeah, okay, so let's set it off. Yeah, let's do it. Let's dive back in. You've heard 10 to 6, now for 5 to 1. Oh, these are going to be hard to read. Uh, It's making me cringe just thinking about it. But coming in at number five. The Roundhouse, New South Wales, the glow stick incident. Yeah, Yeah, we got booked to play a show at the Roundhouse here in Sydney. And uh, Iconic venue, by the way. Very iconic. When we lived in Canberra, we'd go up to gigs at the Roundhouse all the time. Like there was heaps of mad shit going on there. And pretty much every band skips Canberra, so... Going to the Roundhouse was a big event. We were pretty excited to actually get to play there. It was pretty early in our careers, so it was a big venue for us. We lived around the corner. Yeah, we did. We lived like a two-minute walk away. So uh, this gig in particular, one of our friends was the promoter as well. Go figure. And uh, that's how we got the gig, probably. <laughs> Thank you, JL. He came with us to the gig. We walk over. Everyone's giddy with excitement. It's a nice night. Uh, nice hot Sydney night. Everyone's ready to party. I believe it was a Saturday. Yeah, there was a big lineup as well. I'm pretty sure the preachers were on just before us. Yep. And uh, that's when we got to meet them and we're like, oh, sick. Everyone was like, dude, Adam looks exactly like Jack from the preachers. We look very similar, he and I. Yeah, especially because back then Adam was straightening his hair. And so it looks stra- very similar. I don't think I was straightening my hair then. Or was I? I don't know. I mean, I don't think it was that long ago. That was like when I was a fucking Roundhouse was like 2013. Was it? Yeah. Oh, because we lived at Morami. Whoa. We maybe lived... I was straightening my yeah. hair. We'll get a picture up on the Peking Duck pod. Yeah, of me yeah. With straightened hair. Yeah, hundred. I used to straighten my hair, and fuck, I thought it was the shit. It was, but it's much better going El Natural. I like it curly. I'm trying to, maybe I, yeah, maybe I did have. It's funny because I want to perm my hair. You should do it. Should we do that? Fuck that. Should is... we record an app perming? <laughs> Adam straightens his hair <laughs> and I perm my hair. You have a full app, bro. And we reverse roles for, uh, for a gig, maybe. We'll do that. 
But yeah, so we play that. We jump up on the stage, right? We're about to play the gig, and uh, we're there. We we were a few songs in. The vibe is high. It's electric. Everything's bumping. The lights are booming. People are dancing. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone's just you know come off a high from the preachers playing, and here we are to really uh, show them. <laughs> Show them our thing. And obviously it's a bit of a vibe shift from the Preachers rock and roll to Peking Ducks electronic bombastic chaos. So uh, the promoters and the venue thought it would be a good idea to kind of help shift the vibe in another aesthetic way by giving us, both Ruben and I, glow sticks. They gave us around 500 glow sticks so that we could, you know, create a new vibe for the night. We started... They're like, we're like, what do you want us to do with these? This is why we're playing... They're like, you know, go on, go on. And we're like, what do you, what do you, we're like, what, what do you want us to do? They go, go on, go on. Go on, get him out, get him out. So they're telling us to throw him into the crowd, which we did. And so we're like, great, this is exactly what we need, you know? This yeah. is, this is going to bring the party to our favor. It'll make it a rave, so to speak. So we start throwing the glow sticks out. We're throwing them out. We're throwing them out. We're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got on the mic. We're like, who wants a glow stick? Yeah, yeah. They were quite big, they glow were, sticks. We're not talking about these little flimsy ones that you get down to yeah, Woolies. Yeah, they're like ones that wrap around your neck. And yeah, you, these ones had some uh, horsepower behind them. Like, they were But they we were realized serious. none of them had uh, connectors, so no one could wear them. So we're just throwing out all these nude glow sticks. Just nude rogue <laughs> glow sticks. And we're throwing them out. Each glow stick, we didn't realize, but was probably just hitting people in the face. Yeah, well, that's when things started going south. And things took a turn. We start playing, and uh, I copped something in my head, like at a, at a serious, like high velocity. Like I felt something hit my head, and I was like, "Whoa, what was that?" And this is, mind you, after we'd just thrown out, gifted the audience gifted. with a beautiful <laughs> present of 500 glow sticks, thinking uh, they're gonna fucking love us. I realized I've been whacked on the noggin with one of the said glow sticks. And then I look over at Ruben as I'm saying it. He copped one in the eye. <laughs> And then everyone in the crowd <laughs> thought that was real funny. <laughs> and that's when. And it just got, took off. We essentially got assaulted on stage by the whole crowd at the roundhouse <laughs> with glow sticks. Every single person. We got battered with glow sticks. So much so that it was raining on us that we had to we had to hide. We hid the decks in the fetal position. <laughs> we were so scared holding each other, hiding under the decks. <laughs> While there's fucking rave music playing full blast and everyone's laughing at us. And people are getting us. It's called the roundhouse for a reason. They were getting us from 360 degrees of angles. We could not escape it no matter how hard we tried. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. I even think some of the promoters were grabbing them off the stage after they'd been thrown back and then throwing them back in because... It just never stopped. It never stopped. For a full hour, we were pelted. Yeah, it was fucked. I mean, very funny in hindsight, but at the time it was actually quite traumatic. It's like we had stolen something and then put into the town square for everyone to stone us. Yeah, it felt like that. (laughs) With glow sticks at a rave. We didn't do anything wrong. We thought we were gifting everyone. I'd never been more excited to, like, leave the stage. Like, ever. I I remember being like, get me the fuck out of here. And as soon as the gig was over, they're like, yeah, you want to come up to the green room? I'm like, dude, let's just run. Let's run. We we need to run away. Felt like, you know, there'd be people waiting around to bash us. It it was so scary for some reason. So we ran. We ran home with bruises all across our heads (laughs) and necks and faces. We actually were bruised from the glow sticks. So that was uh, (laughs) was definitely a bomb and a half. But yeah, also... 
And uh, like brutality. as we said, like in last step, like imagine trying to play once you're rattled. Like you notice someone like not dancing and it kills your vibe and you start freaking out. Everyone had like death eyes for us and were throwing glow sticks at our fucking faces. Yeah, it became quite demonic. It was like like we didn't want to play. And every time it was someone's turn to mix, I'm like, Adam, it's your turn. He goes, no, it's not. It's your fucking turn. Get up there. Someone would poke their head up and quickly mix a song and cop like 30 glow sticks before the next person had to. Comedy, pure comedy. <sighs> so that was, uh, yeah, that was the roundhouse glow stick situation. That was number five. What have we got next on the list? Coming in at number four. Brisbane, Brisbane Beginnings. beginnings. One of our first interstate gigs in Australia was in Brisbane. Back in the day, we'd do gig trades with other producers, and there was a duo called Slop Rock, and we were like, hey, we'll book you for Canberra if you book us for Brisbane. Yeah. And so Slop it was this kind of like way that, yeah, Slop Rock. What a name. Yeah. Do you remember them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Tommy and Mitch. That Whoa. That Shout was out good. Tommy and Mitch. Man, this guy's got some memory. Slop Rock. Yeah. So we, uh, we you know, we would put on like gigs for in Canberra and would book interstate DJs and in turn they'd book us in their town and what we'd get out of it at the end is like a full tour that looks like we're touring Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it would trick other promoters into thinking that we're like really good and it was kind of a really good hack. We'd be like, get, we'd make a flyer, we'd get an artist to put it all together and look, just little hacks for anyone, uh, you know, looking to make it I don't know if it works like that anymore, does it? I feel like that sounds like some old school trickery. Yeah, that's like real old school. But hey, maybe give it a go. See if it works. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But one of the uh, one of the first gigs was in Brisbane at a place called the Beat Nightclub. The uh, Beat Mega Club. Mega Club, which is a renowned institution. It's It's been been there there for for like forty years. It's still there today. It'll be there for another forty years. We didn't realize it's a pretty heavy LGBTQ strong spot, which is a great thing. Yeah, um, sick. And we had no idea that it was like... Mainly hard style? It was a hard style music and like hard trance, side trance. Just a very, very different kind of music to what we would play. So we, did, we went in thinking it was something different. It turned out to be something very, very different. The DJs before us were playing like acid trance like really weird fast hard music yeah that didn't make much sense to us at the time but you know you went in bris vegas get amongst it and they had like 10 people dancing on the floor and we're like oh maybe once we start playing our stuff it'll bring heaps more people to the floor because yeah because it's a mega club there, it's was, a mega there club. were people in the building they just weren't on the floor there was people everywhere there was people on the ceilings <laughs> in the windows doing weird shit there was some weird shit going on in there <laughs> But we won't get into that. Um, But we jump on and we start playing our set and... I think we opened with like a song that we'd made thinking, yeah, you know. Oh, so bad. We'll get everyone on board. They'll be, we're in a new city, in a new state. We're going to play a Peking Duck song and everyone's going to be like telling their friends that they heard these DJs playing their own music and... Fuck, did it not go down well at all? It really didn't. Uh, the, all those Of all those 10 people, nine of them left, and then the other person said, fuck you, and just slowly walked out. <laughs> we had no one on the floor, and we played for like three hours to this empty mega club dance floor. It was like two hours. It wasn't three, but it felt like 24. Yeah, it was bad. 
Oh man, that was our first experience of bombing in Brisbane. But then uh, we got booked, and as soon as we finished, the next DJ came on, started playing Psytrance. Forty people entered the room straight away. Straight away. Yeah, I know. You just got to play Psytrance. You know that's the trick. <laughs> But uh, Brisbane, we've had many strange shows there. Brisbane beginnings. It's a, this is a double bomb. It is, yeah. We uh, we got booked to play a show at a nightclub in Brisbane. This one was a legitimate booking. We didn't do no DJ swap for this. Like, we actually got booked through our agent. We don't our stripes for this one. <laughs> and well, so we thought. Yeah, boy, did we let them down. <laughs> Fuck. So crook just thinking about what just that. Oh, I mean, I can't fully recall all the details, even though I'm not the one who is at fault. Adam really flew the duck flag high for both of us, and I can't thank him enough for this because somehow we kept getting booked in Brisbane after this, even though on the way up to the decks, I started getting dreary from. Maybe too many beers, um, maybe a little sum summon. And I fell asleep five minutes into the set. And Ruben fell asleep, like while we're playing. I looked, I'm like, where the fuck is Ruben? And then I looked below me and I saw Ruben curled up in a little ball. <laughs> I was like, wait, is this a gag? Is this a bit? No. And uh, so I kind of like, kicked him with my foot like what are you doing he didn't wake up mind he, you we're in Brisbane to make a mark we're like alright we are going to show Brisbane what's up this is our big opportunity we're playing the family nightclub we're going to show them we can do this and I remember kind of nudging him he wouldn't wake up he looked so peaceful sleeping like a baby in a oh, loud no, nightclub no, no. but at this moment when I realised he was asleep I also realised that the promoter wasn't present so I'm like okay well there's no harm done then I see the promoter walking over no. from the other side of the club and I'm like, oh, fuck. So I start kicking Ruben a little harder to no avail. The promoter comes in the booth. He's like, what's going on? I'm like, oh. yeah, this is sick, man. This, yeah, thanks for having us. And he looks straight down and he looks at me and he looks at Ruben asleep on the floor and he's like, all right, yeah. I kind of walked away slowly. But he booked us again after well, that. Well, I, look, I, my only recollection is Adam pulling me up and I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. Is it my turn to mix? And he goes, nah, dude, the set's over. <laughs> Incredible. I literally did not know that I'd had a sleep and I didn't believe him. I was like, no way. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, yeah, it is. And then the promoter came over and he goes, should we get a drink, boys? And I was like, fuck yeah. What do you mean? Do you want us to finish? And he goes, you guys just played for 90 minutes. And I was like, what? And Adam's like, yeah, dude, you slept the whole set. And I think I'd fallen asleep because, I, uh, you know, I woke up feeling very lovey because um, maybe something had helped me fall asleep beforehand. Uh. And uh, I was really excited to party. And so we ended up partying with the promoter until 5 a.m. And he did book us again. So things worked out. It was redeemed via the partying. Thank God Adam played. Oh, my God. I can't believe I did that. Shout out Brisbane, though, for even still having our back after all these woeful Calamities. experiences that we've 
fished out. <laughs> it's all our fault. It's not Brisbane's fault at all. It's our fault. <laughs> and we will own that. Thank you for having my back on that Brisbane gig. Of course. And uh, flying the duck flag high. Brisbane's like one of our biggest markets in the country. And let's just say there's a good chance it might not have been. Uh, so you, you saved us. I mean, we're here now. It's all good. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, hey, it makes for a hell of a story. Hey. So that was number four. So we have another on the list. It's getting close. We're getting close to number one. I'm pretty excited. Uh, well, no, I'm shitting my pants. I hate all of these stories so far. Not one of them is really that nice to uh, relive. Without further ado, coming in at number three. China. Hot days and hot milk. <laughs> this one's uh, international. We were in China. We got booked to play a festival named Storm Festival in Shenzhen. Yeah, we played uh, Hong Kong the night before and then did the three-hour drive to uh, Shenzhen. Shenzhen at this time of the year was spicy hot. So fucked up hot. Like, yeah, really fucked up hot. I'm pretty sure it was uh, the venue recorded, it was about 47 degrees or something like unbearable. Yeah, it was crazy. Like in Canberra, I'm sure Australia-wide, if it hits 40, you don't, you go home. Yeah. Like you don't have to go to school. Not in Shenzhen. They don't give a fuck. It was crazy. It felt comical. Yeah. I'd gotten uh, sunburn as well. Do you remember that sunburn I had? (laughs) There's a photo of me. There's a photo of me um, taking a poop in one of the toilets, like the squat toilets, and I'm like half naked and I'm fully sunburned on my back and like, it's disgusting. It's probably one of the most grotesque pictures, but that's what, that really sums up the festival for me. Um, We'll blur the right bits and we'll put that up. Yeah, it's fucked. That photo is grim. But um, a friend of ours, McGee, shout out McGee, he was with us. Uh, who's been on this podcast before talking about conspiracy theories. But he he was like, man, it's so hot. I'm like, yeah, dude, it is. He's like, yeah, oh, you mean right playing a set? I'm like, dude, I don't know. I feel kind of fucked. He's like, I got something for that. And um, he had a Valium prescription, as did I. And he gave me some Valium because it was that hot. And he thought that would make things easier. Duh, word, uh, word from the not-so-wise... <laughs> Valium, Valium and heat. It's not a treat. It's really not a treat at all. We start playing this set. It's a full, like, huge festival stage. It just it's so me, hot. I feel like this is a recurring thing with Adam, though, Valium and heat, because I remember the first time either of us, each of us went to Thailand. Whoa, that's a funny story. <laughs> we ended up having so much Valium. And walking around the street for hours. We bought sarongs because we thought sarongs would be good. And then we got naked and we put the sarongs on because, like, you're not meant to wear anything under a sarong. We were like 17. And we had, we were off our tits on Valium with sarongs on, but we were so high on Valium and it was so hot that we didn't know what was going on. And then the sarongs fell off. So we were naked in like the middle of the street. But we were so high. We were like, we, oh, we've got to go. We've got to go. It was fucked. And every, we were walking around for hours and all we wanted was a cold drink. But every bar we went to, we were like, let's not go in. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, yeah, that is true. It was too hot. It was way too hot. Yeah, that's funny. That is true. It was too hot to cool off. Too hot. So, yeah, in 
yeah, uh, in Shenzhen, we're playing the we're playing the Fezzi, and um, it's a huge mega production, you know, ultra music festival kind of vibe, like mega. big stage, big lights. Everyone was out dancing, um, which I have no idea Fuck how. Fuck knows how anyone was dancing. I, uh, as we were playing, I remember jumping around. I had to stop jumping because I was about to faint. I think I did actually faint for a second because I sat. Yeah, you went full because Adam's face was like completely red yeah. uh, before yeah. the gig. We started playing and he went white as a ghost. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. fuck, this is crazy. It was quite dangerous. And so I I was like, I saw McGee like behind the stage. I'm like, water, fucking get Adam a water right now. You he, did, you saved my ass, yeah. He ran back and he got like icy cold water and I'm pretty sure we didn't even like, I didn't even like tell Adam to drink. I was like, just tip it on yourself. Yeah. So we're playing. The heat exhaustion was so crazy. Almost fainting every two seconds. And then uh, we got off stage and. Oh my God. And we, okay. So if it, if it, I, I guess like, I didn't think we were going to possibly make it to the end of the set, especially with Adam going like white as a ghost and then being revived from the dead. And then it was like, okay. It was bizarre. And I'm like, we're just, we're going to get through this. Let's just stop dancing. Like we'll just stand and play the songs. But the, all the people in the crowd were loving it and they were dancing and it was 47 degrees. Wow. Like, how is this happening? And so we uh, we make it to the end of the set and we're like, okay, let's just get straight into the air con where there's icy cold water. And we walk off and the artist liaison, <laughs> Ling Ling, the legend, she was so sweet. Such a sweetheart. Before we uh, played the gig, she was like, picked us up from the airport. She goes... Now, it's time for food. Do you want to eat sweety or salty? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, that's a beautiful way to put it. Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah. And so we- uh, What about both? Ling Ling? Wow, yeah. That'd be a vibe. A little bit of column A, column B. We uh, want that umami, the balance. She was lovely. She was a really, really sweet person. And, you know, every culture is different. And I guess we learned that because uh, as soon as we came off stage- She kind of wouldn't let us go straight to the green room. She had something to give us. She was blocking the pathway and she goes, guys, you must drink milk. It's good for you. And she proceeded to hand over a (laughs) hot, it was a hot carton of milk. We're dying of dehydration, exhaustion and heat. And she's just handed us a lukewarm milk full cream full cream yeah adam just goes like couldn't fathom it like just literally was just like i'm i I normally i normally have my manners about me but in that moment i remember just being like fuck this and just like (laughs) kind of like barged past her i actually feel bad for that but in that moment i couldn't think about anything else almost died i think you can be forgiven yeah it was crazy and then ruben you stayed with ling ling and and to be to be to be a polite a polite guest of the country i grabbed the carton off her i go thanks ling ling and opened it up and had a sip and I almost, I fucking, it was the worst sip of anything I've ever had in my life. It was so horrible. And I, she's sitting there with a smile. So I'm like, I'm dry reaching and I'm about to pass out myself and I'm dripping with sweat. My whole hair is, everything's wet. And I'm just like, thanks, Ling Ling. And then you sprinted into the green room and yacked. 
and then ran into the green room and I just dunked my head under the fucking ice bucket full of water and I'm pretty sure I vomited while I was yeah. in the water. It yeah. was so fucked. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever seen someone dunk their head into an ice bucket whilst vomiting, but it's fucking pretty biblical. <sighs> and then I looked at Ruben after he'd pulled his head out and we kind of looked at each other and said, okay, I think our time here is... <laughs> our time, time here has come, come to has a come pass. To a pass. <laughs> Let's pack up shop. Let's go back home. Let's get us back to Hong Kong. But hey, shout out China, shout out Shenzhen, and shout out Ling Ling. And uh, hot milk on a hot day? Nah. He says it in Anchorman. But yeah, he does. Milk yeah. is a bad choice. It was a fucking bad choice that day. I mean, you could forgive ice cold spearmint milk in Perth. Oh, I like that. On a, on a summer's afternoon. I love that. That's great. Yeah. But on a 47 degree, very high humidity day. Insanity. Fucking insanity. Warm, better yet, hot milk. No way. Fuck that. We survived the set. So as far as like bombing a set goes, we did okay, given the circumstances. But somehow the DJ after us, I think it dropped a few degrees and they just killed it and danced around and absolutely slayed. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We definitely did. We like, bombed it. Yeah, we did a shit show yeah. compared to everyone else, for sure. <laughs> we are fucking dying. Yeah. <laughs> so we had... Glow sticks at the roundhouse, asleep under the decks in Brisbane. Yep. And hot milk in China. Yeah. Now, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Where do we, how could it get worse? Uh, let me tell you, it does. Oh, it definitely gets worse here. Oh, man. With uh, the next one. This is number two. Coming in at number two. Getting bashed by 10 security guards on the central coast. This is a pretty fucked up one. We. Honestly, I c we didn't really we didn't really bomb the gig per se. Uh, instead, we just kind of got bashed. <laughs> uh, how can I put this? Yeah, it's funny. This this kind of like feels right for the list in our eyes, but it's because it was such a bomb moment in duck history. But I guess the whole list in general is kind of like it's not. <laughs> we're not really saying like, oh, we played the worst gig. It's kind of like these nights, something crazy or bad happened. Like, if we were doing a literal bomb sort of uh, where we played really poorly, like, it'd be times like Chicago where I forgot how to play the intro to fire. And so we just sat there for about five minutes while I tried to figure it out. Exactly. But it no, 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 no. We're not talking about that in this one. No, we're talking about just bomb moments of our careers where we just feel like, fuck. How'd that happen? How, how did we get how'd here? We, how'd we get here? Yeah. So I'll paint the picture. We got booked to play a show on the Central Coast. I won't name the venue because I think they're pigs. Yeah, we, we don't want to take on a defamation uh, case or anything like that. So it's just an unnamed venue somewhere in the Central Coast of New South Wales. We had a really nice driver pick us up uh, in Sydney and drive us to the show. It was a nightclub gig. It was a nice afternoon on a Friday, I believe. And... Uh, the driver was a legend. He was a really cool guy. We had similar taste in music. I believe he yeah. was playing Dr. Dre, yeah. Snoop, uh, things that we grew up on. That's Eminem, but it's same world. Uh, it's same world. <laughs> and uh, is it, was it one of those rap guys? Me and Ruben and the driver are getting along like a house on fire. And this will come into play later because it's kind of funny. But uh, we get to the gig. We play the gig. And uh, we decided to stick around for a shandy or two after the gig just because it was Friday night. What else are we going to do? And we wanted to... It's always good to kind of decompress a bit after a show. Yeah. So we played the DJ set. Went great. 
Central and, and Coast kids were fair, having a good time. We had played this venue roughly like four times like prior. Yeah, we, we had. We were well accustomed to the ins and outs of the venue and how to order a drink, you know. Where it's, there's a few things like you've got to learn. A few icebreakers when you uh, go to a new venue. It's like, oh, do you use drink cards? Do you have a rider? Is yeah. there a green room? What's the lay of the land? And yeah, so green room is a thing, right? But there's no real green room at this venue. And I had a backpack with me with some of our gear in it. And I decided to put that. I actually asked someone, I asked the DJ after us, hey, is that cool if I put my bag just here? We're going to dip in a sec, but I'll just leave it there for a second. Yeah, we'll just have, have a cool off beverage after yeah. our set. And then we'll jump in the car and we'll go back home. Because it's been a hot one. It's been, it was very hot. And we got the crowd going. It was sick. It was sick. And then we finished and... Uh, we're having a beer at the bar, and then I'm like, all right, cool. Time to dip. And me and Ruben look at each other. We're like, cool. The driver's outside waiting for us. We're ready to go. And uh, I walk to the stage to grab the bag with all that stuff in it. And I grab, as I jump up on the stage, I plant one foot on there. And then uh, I feel this arm kind of grab my shoulder. And I turn around. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? I'm just grabbing my bag. We just played. And the security guard was like, no, you're not. And I was like, what? He goes, get off the fucking stage. He goes, get stage. off the fucking stage. And I'm like, oh, dude, we just played. I'm just going to grab my bag and then we're going to go. And I, I ran up to him. I'm like, dude, we just played. Just let him get his backpack. We're fucking off. We're leaving. And, and then he-, he grabbed Adam and pressed him up against the wall. And I was like, whoa, yeah. what is going on? And then two more security guards came and pushed me up against the wall. And I'm like, and then one of them, uh, one of them slapped me or something or like did something. And I'll always love you for this. Ruben's like, no, nah, this ain't it. It's fucking on now. They instigated it 100% because they hit me. And then Ruben pushed one of them. Then I pushed the other one. And then before we knew it, we were trying to fight like 10 before security guards. Before we knew it, we were on the ground getting kicked. <laughs> before we knew it, we were getting fucking bashed by 10 security guards in a venue whilst the crowd that we just played to is watching us getting rolled. <laughs> we're literally right there, right next to the DJ booth. They're just absolutely belting the fuck out beating of us. Beating the shit out of us. <laughs> the whole crowd. There was a woman security guard beating the shit out of me too. Yeah. She was just like stomping on me and oh. shit. And then, and then, like, people of the crowd were, like, interfering, like, going, no, no, this is peaking dark. Stop yeah. bashing. They're like, fuck you, fuck you. And we're like, whoa. We Just were, like, hopping hit after hit. It was crazy. It was hectic. It was hectic. Um, anyway, um, they kind of stopped beating the shit out of us for a second. So I quickly get up and we're like, fuck you. And grab the bag. I and think then, they like, realized because of how many people in the crowd were intervening, going like, hey, guys, stop. They, yeah, they, they stopped. Yeah. They just performed. Yeah. What are you doing? And then they finally realized. It was quite intense. Like, they, it was a very intense scenario. Yeah. I think they realized they were really doing the wrong thing. Well, they, they raged as yeah. well. Like, when people rage like that, it's pretty dangerous. And yeah. they were doing that to us. It's, uh, let's just say, every single security guard at the venue was a pit bull and they had locked jaw. They didn't know how to stop. They did not know how to stop. And it, in hindsight, it's pretty fucking funny because <laughs> they were just belting the <laughs> shit out of us in a full nightclub. Anyway, I grabbed the bag and Ruben's like, let's get the fuck out of here. So, like, whilst the security guards are still trying to hold us to get to the bottom of everything, yeah. we kind of wriggle away and we're like, fuck you. And the and crowd, go, by the way, are fucking saviors. Yeah. They're, like, getting in between, going, fucking let him go. Yeah. And we're and like... The- 
Oh, thank you, thank, thank you. Thank you, amidst the commotion. So I grabbed like the fucking backpack. Just like on our way out, I'm like... There was a side <sighs> door, yeah. Just and like, on the way out, we, yeah, we punched Just it. try bop one yeah, on the head and go, to, fuck screw you, you guys, <laughs> fuck you. Trying to punch like a dude with a head the size of a fucking boulder. Like just doesn't do anything. I don't know if anyone's done that, but it doesn't do much. Oh, and then um, we are not born fighters. That's no, nah, sure. not at all. And it we got <laughs> fucked up. And we then got- we we ju- we run out this side door, and like we're running at this point because like we just we tried to punch them a couple more times. So we're like, oh, they're probably gonna fuck us up again. Yeah. And, and then there's the car with the driver. And then we could hear that lady. The yeah. one, and she was screaming. She's like, get back here. And we're like, yeah. She <laughs> there's the fucking car. And then he is standing next to the car and goes. You good? And we're like, open it open up. Open it up. Fucking start the car. Start, start the car. Start the car. And we're like, fucking James Bond this shit. And he was, having a, he was having a cigarette on, yeah. the, on the side of the car. And he's like, oh, boys, what's going on? And he fully, he ditches his cigarette and he's like, boys, I know what to do. And like, so we're sprinting. We're fucking running like with blood and shit, like running towards the car. And the door's like opening. He's in, starts driving and it's moving. We get in. It was like a fucking movie. Like, the lady arrived... Like, she had to arrive to where the car was. Yeah. But we'd already gotten away. We'd already gotten away, and then the driver puts on the next episode by Dr. Dre, and we ride off into the sunset. Like, fucking sick guns. I wish it went like that, but it didn't. <laughs> we were just sitting there going... We get in the car, and he's like, Fuck, boys, what's happening? You can both. <laughs> we're just head to toe, <laughs> coming in blood. He's We've like, just got our asses. What the kicked. fuck's happened? And he's kind of worried, because he's been booked by the venue as well. And he's kind of like, oh, no, you can see this worry in his eyes. He's like, oh, what's happened? We're like, dude, fuck that place. Fuck those people. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah, fuck them. And so... It was kind of like this uh, moral dilemma of this wonderful driver who had no skin in the game whatsoever, but <laughs> I could tell it really rattled him. But we'd broke down with him, and like, I th- so halfway back, he goes, he's, like, Fuck he's like, boys, you know what? Fuck them. I'll still work for them and take their fucking money, but yeah. fuck them. Yeah, yeah. It was like a beautiful moment. Yeah. So and shout he, out to that driver. I and can't... he pulled us up. He took us to Macca's. He goes, boys, let me buy you boys some nuggies. <laughs> You look like you need him. We're like, oh, fuck, this guy's the best. Yeah. Shout out the driver. He was like the guardian angel of the whole thing. But uh, fuck those security guards. And uh, yeah, that time, we, yeah, we just got bashed after playing a gig. So that was, that was fucked. Do you know what really kind of made it scary? Like, what, what, what really sucked about that night is <laughs> every time we would drive to like a random middle of butt fucked nowhere gig after that i always had this feeling like oh we're gonna get rolled we're gonna get bashed yeah and i had that fear like rocking up to every gig after that where it wasn't in a cvd i was just like spooked yeah and rattled and quite traumatic and i guess that that nervousness and like you know i guess looking back on like frankston like rocking up without usbs we could have got bashed for that (laughs) yeah (laughs) could get bashed for anything Uh, I thought DJing was a pretty safe industry until uh, (laughs) that happened. But also, maybe all the trauma stems from number one on the list. Well, yeah. Number one. Jambra. This was when we were pretty young. It was one of our first ever DJ sets. Ever. Uh, we'd been playing at clubs around Canberra, probably swindled a few 
other DJs in different cities for a quick swap for a cheeky I set. I don't even know if we'd done anything outside of Canberra at that point. It feels it was it very, was very fresh. Because yeah. I remember being stoked that we got to DJ at this party. Yeah, it was someone's like party at a, like a school... Uh, what, what are they like called? Like a hall. It was, yeah, like a hall. What like they they'd called? rented out village uh, hall. <laughs> the village hall. The Canberra Village Hall. <laughs> yeah, the year was 1902. Oh my. It's like, yeah, it was like at a scout hall. A scout hall. Yeah. It was, yeah. They'd hired out a scout hall for their birthday party. Yeah, like a proper, you know, fun 18th birthday party in Canberra. It was going to be all time for us. We were like, fuck, we're actually going to play like an 18th. This is going to be We sick. were 18 too, I think. Yeah. Or so, or like we were young. No, we were younger. Were we? I don't know. But it was a vibe. We were, we think, were keen. Yeah, we were pretty excited. And uh, we drove out to uh, Tuggeranong. This, uh, Which is definitely the other side of town. <laughs> a certain part of Canberra where we didn't know anybody. Yeah. Uh, but the call had been put out for someone who can DJ and clearly we were someone's go-to. So we we were the ones and we're going out to Tuggeranong. We've got all this, you know, thrash, electro, all the things like bloody beetroots and crookers, stuff that absolutely pumps. And we're like, this is foolproof. We are going to smash this gig. Yeah. Everyone's going to walk away a Peking Duck fan and they're going to- Yeah, this is our moment. Like that like- thing, which is pretty funny to think about <laughs> that that's like the mentality we'd adopted at that point. It's like- Oh, no, no, this ain't their party. This is our party. We're yeah, going to yeah. fucking put on a show. Yeah. Which, like, is hilarious. And I wouldn't say it warrants what's about to follow. Well, yeah, we we very much thought we knew what they wanted. Yeah. Um, we learned pretty quickly that they didn't like any of the music we were playing. Everyone's there dancing for a second. And then we start playing. Yeah. And they stop dancing. They all stop dancing. There's balloons in the room. Everyone's dressed really nicely. But uh, there's not many smiles on the dials. And um, someone comes up and goes, hey, the birthday boy just wanted to know if you could play some uh, R&B or maybe some metal. <laughs> and we're like, oh. Um, we go, hang on, my guy. Did uh, you say R&B and metal? Sorry, we've, we've, we've brought electro. Yeah. Like, we're here to do our set. And they're like, well, yeah, the birthday boy, you know, who booked you, you know, he wants R&B and metal. And we're like. Well, fuck, no one fucking told us that. Also, <laughs> my guy, that's a very wide spectrum. <laughs> what are you talking, like Jeremiah Metallica? What are, what, what are the parameters of R&B and metal? Because maybe we can work something out. Girl, you know I... Master, master. That's like Jeremiah, one. master of puppets. Yeah. But yeah, we couldn't uh, satiate the birthday boy's needs whatsoever. No. Uh, we did not have a single CD with music they wanted. And, nah, um, I, and, you know, in hindsight nowadays I go, Hey, just someone go to your car and get some fucking CDs out and give them to us. We'll figure it out. I think, no, you said that you did. I remember you, I think there was a moment where you were like, maybe someone here might have a CD or something. For the listener, this was back in the day where CDs, there was no Spotify, like we were DJing off of little burnt CDs that yeah. we'd made. That's right. And it kept brewing and getting worse. It kept and getting like, bad. And then like an old lady came over, like the guy's <laughs> mum. Yeah. And she was like, hey, boys, you need to fucking sort this out. Yeah, she and we're like, mad. what are you talking about? She goes, can you play some R&B or metal? The same two genres just kept coming up. And we're like, we don't have any. Does anyone have any fucking R&B or metal on a CD? Like, help us out here. Help me help you. The uh, the energy in the room starts shifting towards a more hostile 
energy. And so, but and here we are thinking it's all right. We might eventually win them over. Yeah, yeah, we were very hopeful. <laughs> and we just kept playing our music, and it kept getting worse. It kept getting more hostile. No one's dancing. Everyone's just hot clenching their fists. And someone came up and goes, "Boys, uh, it's been some really good music, but I think you boys better fuck off." Yeah. And we're like, "What? What do you mean?" He goes, "They're not happy." And I'm like, what do you mean? And then I see these units walk into the room. <laughs> Clearly someone's told them, hey, these guys are trying to fuck your boy's birthday. Yeah. Like, fuck them up. Yeah. And these, They'd been sent. These units walk into the fucking scout hall. They'd been sent into the scout hall to fuck us up. And they just had death eyes for us and we're like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to get <laughs> fucking rolled. Which so wasn't un, it wasn't an uncommon thing in Tuckernow. I remember being a rollerblader, yeah. like getting chased by these looking blokes. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, they it's, would just chase you, just to bash you. Yeah, for no reason. Um, yeah, I mean, I was a rollerblader, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was reason enough for them. Yeah, damn assholes. It is, uh, yeah. So then Ruben kind of looks at me. I look at Ruben, and it was like, oh fuck! All right, we got to get out of here. And so there was a back door, and so I'm like, fuck, let's just leave the CDs. Let's not, like, try pack anything up. We left the CDs. We left the headphones. We started edging towards the door, and they go, oi! And we just like, fuck this. Yeah. Started sprinting, ran to my car, which was hilariously a uh, hotted up Honda Integra at the time. Thank fuck for that. <laughs> Thank fuck, though, because we raced off they jumped into a car and started following us and chasing us in their car and we're like oh my god there is no getting away and so we started running every red light we're like we need to get the fuck out of here yeah and finally we got chased all throughout camera once we got onto like the parkway which is like once you're on it you can't really turn around that's when they sort of like gave up and it was like holy shit dude and then we made it home and uh Thanks to our lucky stars that we didn't get bashed. Yeah, because it was only two years later until we got bashed in the sunny coast. <laughs> so that was a bomb. We bombed that gig. That's number one for sure. We got plenty more of those stories, but that that's like a core memory that really unlocked some uh, some yeah. trauma. So that's uh, 10 to 1 duck bombing gigs. That's the first shit we just thought of off the top of our head. Uh, Maybe but, we'll do another volume down the line. Yeah, I reckon we should. Because there's definitely more stories. <laughs> now but... that we're saying them, so many are coming to my head and it's like, oh, it's so painful to relive them. It really is. Oh. It's, it's cringy to say the least. Eek. But yeah, there's the 10 bombs from us, Peking Duck. Hope you enjoyed uh, <laughs> us reliving some of our shittest moments. Yeah, thanks for sharing those experiences with us. And uh, if anyone listening is a DJ or plays in a band and have bombed a gig hilariously, can you hit us up on at Peking Duck Podcast Instagram? Hit us in the DMs. You can send us a voice message or just like text it to us. Yeah, because gigs are pretty funny, strange things. If you really like deep it, they're funny things. It's someone on the stage, the room's looking at them. Yeah. There's a lot of room for bizarre things to happen. In so. America, that's totally normal. You know, everyone's encouraged to be zany and different. Uh, in Australia, you know, everyone's told, do not be weird. Just yeah, follow the guess, pack. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so I guess it creates for extra weird performances. <laughs> yeah. But hey, if you're from America too or anywhere, send it in. 
Well, thank you all so much for listening and rocking with us here on the Peking Duck podcast. Yeah, thank you. It's always a hoot and a toot. If you like the show, you can show us some love. You can leave a review on Apple Pods or you can leave five stars on Spotify. But um, um, You can follow at Peking Duck Podcast on Instagram. But most of all, you know, we like word of mouth. We like to keep it old school. So, you know, yell from the mountaintops. Yell it out your window while you're washing the dishes. Peking Duck Podcast is the future. We're here to stay. And we love you. <laughs> Thank you. Listener.